because vision is like oxygen for leadership. Vision is a powerful tool that God gives to a leader in order to cast a compelling future. And what vision really is, it's not just what we see with our natural eyes, but what we see with our imagination. It's what we see uh, even spiritually. It's something that is in the future. It's a preferable future that stirs a passion inside of people that wants them to go to go after that. Um, it's a, a sense of um, being drawn. I'm, I'm compelled to move towards this vision. And so even scripture teaches like uh, that vision is so important because without vision, it's that people perish or without revelation, people perish. And just to have that, what we want to see is like with the curtain open and seeing a bright future, seeing what could be in the future and what should be in the future um, that draws us into that future. It's a, pref it's a preferable future. You know, it's not a future that's, well, tomorrow is going to be the same as today. No, it, it speaks something different. It says tomorrow is going to be better. Tomorrow is going to be healthier. Tomorrow is going to be bigger. Tomorrow is going to be blessed. Like, like we want to be drawn into that future. And vision really helps us in an area that once we have clarity of vision, it helps us to say no to things that turn out to be distractions. And so unless we have this picture of the future, of what we're moving towards, um, we will say yes to so many different things. And vision almost says to, says to us, and it says to people that are with us or around us, this is what's important, and that's what's less important to us. Okay? We can't do everything, but there are things that God has called us to do and called us for. And so it's so important for each of us to have a personal vision, you know, I would go so far as to say to have a vision for um, your relationships, to have a vision for your finances, to have a vision for your spiritual life, a vision for the call of God on your life. Why? Again, because it constrains us in a healthy way and gives us freedom and frees up time and resources in able to walk into the thing that we want. If you, if you don't have a vision for being a healthier person, guess what? You, you won't actually actualize that reality. Why? Because when times get difficult, if it's just based on feeling, hey, I feel like chocolate every other day. I feel like living unhealthy every other day. But it's that vision of a healthy future that helps you to make decisions and say no to cake or no to too much cake or no to 15 slices of whatever. Um, or in another way, uh, in, in, in um, your professional career, if you have a vision to be in that direction, that helps you because when other opportunities come along that will veer you off the path, you can say no to that because you have a bigger goal in mind. And so it's the same thing in the kingdom. Like in the kingdom, we need to have a vision. And in fact, God has given a vision to his church. He's told the church to, um, to preach the gospel, to preach Jesus and to make disciples. Uh, he's given us a, 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 a very compelling vision of our future reality in the kingdom, which is heaven and, uh, you know, the new creation and, and, and that we will be uh, forever in relationship with him in a place with no weeping, no sorrow, full of meaning, great relationships, understanding all that. So we've got this great vision from God, but God is also speaking to each one of us and God wants to give each of us a great vision for our life, not just for our life, but the things that we're involved in leading.
And every area of life needs some sort of vision, some sort of preferred future. And so I'm going to speak in the context of ministry, but realize that these are principles that I want to teach that you can apply out of ministry into work, into personal life, into whatever endeavors you're in. And so um, the thing on, on um, vision is like we've got to actually get a vision. And, you know, some people have that grace for vision, like, like they're visionaries. They, they just they naturally see things that other people don't see. And vision can be taught. It can be actually learned. And vision is a powerful tool, especially as a leader, to take a life group or a team or a ministry from where it is now to a preferred future. And so that's why I want to share on vision. Let me share a little bit about how do we get vision. Now, Habakkuk, which I just think is the funniest prophet's name in the history of prophets. Okay. You can imagine what that sounds like in my head. But in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, I can't say it without a serious face or with a serious face. Anyway, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Now, Habakkuk's been crying out to God and it's just been, it's been terrible. He's been complaining. And then he says this to the Lord. He says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he, being God, will say to me. And, and what answer I am to give to this complaint that he's had. So right there, very often we can get a vision out of something that is our deep burden and a deep complaint. What are the things that we're complaining about? What are the things we want to see better? That's a great place to start with vision. But then he goes, he actually says, I'm going to go to, um, to stand at my watch. Now, that was like the watchtower. In a sense, it's the place of prayer that we go before God and we pray and we seek God. God, what are you saying? What do you want for me? What do you want for my life? What do you want for this ministry? What do you want for this group? What do you want for this, this team that I'm leading? What is a preferable future? And I love how he says, I'm going to go and, and um, look to see what he will say. So he is saying, I'm going to see with my eyes what God is speaking with his lips. So think about it this way. God communicates, but he communicates in a lot of the time in our imagination. And that's where often the realm of vision lives. What can we imagine? What can we see? What can we dream about? What can we think about? It's not that we will hear the audible voice of God, although that does sometimes happen. It's that he can put images and a picture on our imagination to see what is the better future that is aligned with scripture that we can move forward into. And then it goes on to say, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to, of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Some cool things out of there is he's saying, once you've gotten this picture, once you've, once you've gotten the revelation from God, write it down somewhere so that you can not only yourself cement it and revisit it, but in a, specifically in a team context and where you're leading people to something, you can put that before them so that it's written down, it's clear, and other people can understand it. And then he goes on to say, you know, um, it, it will take time for it to come to pass. So you need to have focus on this thing, that it will take time. It will take 
hopefully we've got visions that are big enough that will take years to accomplish. Like one of my, my, um, my, my uh, marriage visions or marriage goals is simply this. It's to celebrate 50 years married with Lara. For me, that would be absolutely incredible. That's, that's my big goal. Now, and, and Phil was telling, uh, telling me something earlier today that I thought was really, really helpful as it relates to vision. I don't know if he was meaning it in that way, but he was talking about um, a prophet, uh, was it Elisha and his assistant, and he was saying how um, the assistant couldn't see, all he could see was the army. He couldn't see anything else, but Elisha could see God's army surrounding that army, and he could see what the other guy couldn't see. Now, often what happens when it comes down to getting a vision from God, other people won't see it like you see it. And so we have to go on this journey of how do we communicate it? How do we make it clear? And so in this, the next um, 15 minutes or so that remains in the session, I want to give us four areas that I want to highlight as it relates to vision. Okay. And this is going to be practical. Hopefully this is going to be a, a, like a walkthrough framework that you'd be able to use applying it to any kind of area of your life that you want to, when you want to work on your vision. Okay. So the first thing is this, what is your current reality? What is your current reality? So where are you right now? There's no point dreaming about the future if you don't have an understanding of where you are right now. So it's, it's this thing. Um, what, what are you currently doing? What do you currently have? Is there a way to measure where you are at? You know, so what is the, the real life situation that you're in? Say now, for instance, you have a, a vision in your life for financial peace or financial freedom. That's a great vision to have, right? You, of course, I mean, who doesn't want that? But the only way you can actually ever get there is to realize what what is my current situation right now? That means writing up a budget. It means understanding if you owe any money. It means understanding if you have any investments. It's understanding is your outflow greater than your inflow or, is your, or, or do you actually have income to get into a place of financial peace or financial freedom? What does your giving look like? So it's drawing a very realistic picture and now the temptation that we have there is to go, well, I'm going to judge where I am now, uh, not on, on the realities, but on where I would like to have been right now. You know, we get a little bit kind with ourselves there. It's not the time to be kind. It's the time to be brutally honest. And if you need help there, invite somebody in to have this conversation with you. So if you're planning for your own life, it's good. Do it with you. Do it with your spouse um, or a friend. But if you're leading a team or leading a group, get your 2IC involved. Get, get, get a few people around and say, hey, we, we want to build a vision. We want to go somewhere great. We want to go to a place that's better than where we are now. But we need to know where are we now? Do we have three people in our group, four people in our group, five people in our team? Understand that component first so that you can understand what, how to build towards your vision. Okay, what are there any metrics you can use to understand this? Other people will often give a lot of realistic feedback. 
Understanding where you are today will help us to build a pathway to where we want to be tomorrow. Okay. Um, the second thing is this, what is your vision? So another way of saying is saying it is where do you want to be? So where are you now and where do you want to be? Where are you now? And then where do you want to be? What does the preferred future look like? So if you have a goal for your, for a, a healthy marriage, fantastic. But what does a healthy marriage look like? Uh, if you want to be, if you want to get promoted, fantastic. But what does that promotion look like? If you want your team to grow, what does growth look like for you? You know, get specific. It's a place to get clear, to get better. And then you can start working on, is it compelling? You know, if, if, um, if say for instance, as a church, if I, if I got up and I said, hey guys, our vision, where we want to be tomorrow is we want a million rand in the bank. That's not very compelling, right? That's okay, cool. So we just want to save money. If I said, we're going to start five churches in 10 years and it's going to take a million rand to get there. Well, that's different because that's talking about kingdom expansion. It's talking about um, seeing more people want to Christ and you can get very, very clear. So a great way to articulate vision is to say, what are some key goals that we want to put down that are clear, that are compelling? Is it magnetic? Can, can you actually see the future? Can you, can you dream it? Uh, one person said about vision, he said about it this way, it's a place that you can, vis that you can visit in the future, but you're, you're in the present. So you walk around the future as if the future is now. And, and part of my gifting and part of the, the, the dark side of that, so to speak, is that you can live so much in the vision that, that you, you're not doing anything today to build there. But it's like actually take a walk around it. What does a healthy marriage look like to you? What does what a, a growing ministry look like to you? What does a, um, a life group look like to you? Now, of course, for all of us that are in, in the church and as it relates to the church ministries, we want to translate the church's vision into our life groups and translate the church's vision into our ministry teams. But again, that can still be clear, compelling, and it can be tailored to you and to your team. But then bigger than that, what about my life? Okay, so dream, think, imagine, imagine unrestrained. You know, the, the, the time old age old question of if money wasn't an issue, what would you do with your life? That's a great place to start imagining because what we tend to do, especially those of us who might like lean towards the negative side or the realistic side is to go, well, I've got limitations and those limitations won't allow me to get to the vision. No, but the, the thing is, when God gives you vision, it's always outside of what you're able to do by yourself. The vision's got to be so big that it invites other people to accomplish it. You know, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm dreaming about the vision of our church. And I'm thinking, wow, this vision is going to take everybody. For us to win a city to Christ, for us to preach the gospel to people in our city, to make disciples in our city, for us to be a citywide church, it can't rely on one person's gift. It has, it's going to take everybody. And so I'm already dreaming about what the team might look like in the future, how we might raise money for these things in the future. What will, what will the future of the church and the ministry look like? How are people going to be involved? 
and trying to cast a big net in my imagination and to live in that point. So what is it that you see? Now, what that's going to create in each of us, it's going to create a gap. It's going to create a gap between where we are now and where we want to be. What is today like and what do we dream tomorrow can be like? What, what could be and should be in the future if we devoted ourselves and our lives and our prayer towards that, towards that end? And a guy called Daniel Harkavy, he writes about that gap. And he says that gap is the, called the opportunity gap. It's the difference between your current reality and your vision. That's called the opportunity gap. And so when it comes down to actually fulfilling that vision and actually moving towards it, it actually comes down to how can you close the gap? That's what we want to do. Because if we, if we, you know, if we go, I want to be a millionaire and we don't actually have any strategic steps that we can take to close the gap from being broke to being a millionaire, then we're just living in a daydream. Then we spend hours watching YouTube videos of other people spending their millions. But when we can actually go, wow, there's an opportunity here from where I am now and where I want to be. My team is three people. And I have a vision that we could have 20 people in our team overflowing, resourcing other areas of our church, being ready to plant churches um, that we are in a every three week or once a month rotation. That's how, how embarrassed uh, the embarrassment of riches that we have. Cool. So how do we get there? How do we close that gap? There's an opportunity there for strategic bets to be made. That's what Daniel Harkavy says in order to get there. So the third thing is what strategic bets do you need to make? What, 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 you know, have a go moments, what big audacious and hairy goals can you put in place to help achieve that vision? What are the, the things you have to risk on in order to get to a vision? If our vision requires no risk, it's, it's a, it's a small Vision, I would dare to say it's not even a God-honoring vision because everything about vision takes us from where we are to where we dream we could be. And what is needed is faith. And faith only comes with risk because if there's no risk, you don't require faith. And the Bible even teaches that it, without faith, we can't please God. So we want to live lives that are big faith, big thinking people. And so those strategic bets are going to help us to get there. So the question is, what steps can take us from our current reality towards vision achievement? You know, some visions are short-term, other visions are long-term. We should have a variety of them. For our church's vision, it's a long-term vision. I don't even think I will live, please Jesus, may I live to see it, but I'd be okay if I didn't live to see it. I'd be okay if that vision was so big to see Cape Town City to be a, a, a city for Christ, we could see revival in our city to help people find life and purpose through Jesus. I'd be happy if that continues beyond me because then I know it's a big enough vision. So the question is, what risks do you need to take in order to get there? And it'll always require risk. And then the next question is, what resources will you need in order to get there? And if you don't have the resources in order to get there, the question becomes, well, how do I get those resources? 
and it's amazing, resources are attracted to compelling vision. If you start saying, for instance, you know, in your life group, you go, we have a vision that we would just for, ex for example, I, it could be anything of these, but I have, we have a vision as a life group to start five new life groups within our community. But what is that going to need? That's going to need uh, leadership training. It's going to need somebody with a great, you know, evangelistic outlook. It's going to require inviting people to life group every single Sunday, every welcome brunch that comes around. You're there with your life group, inviting people, hanging around at the new people's area so that you can invite new people to group, meet people, connect with people. Then it looks like praying into it. And then the time comes when you have to make that strategic, okay, we're going to start our next group. And, and we're going to pray it, we're going to, and we're going to celebrate the fact that it's, hap that it's happening. We're going to high-five people. And what's going to happen with that kind of vision, with that level of intentionality and that level of dreaming and the people in the group understand that this is what the role is because, yes, we love this group, but we want everyone to love a group and we want everyone to be in a group for that matter. So we're going to be white-hot in this vision to, to start new groups. What's going to happen? You, the, the resource that's required there is leaders. But when your vision is that bold and that intentional, what you're going to find is that leaders are going to rise up. Two ICs are going to rise up. And speaking about that vision enough is people will begin to see what you see, and that vision is going to touch their hearts that they're going to want to do it as well. Not everybody, but certainly the leaders that you need. Um, another person said it this way that um, vision attracts finances. And so think about it in, in maybe in a financial aspect in your financial world. If you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to become very vision driven with regards to my finances. It means that you start obeying God in your finances. It means that you start cutting down on what you're spending. It means that you start building towards you know, savings fund. It means that you start bringing a, a if, if you have a, someone, an investor or a financial advisor, you bring them to the table, maybe it's an accountant and you start casting the vision to them and they can start giving you great strategy. And what you're going to find is that God honors that and more resource comes your way. If it's a promotion or something, that's when we start stepping into the world of faith. Is this making sense to, any, to you guys so far? Just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Cool. So those three things so far are as follows as it relates to vision. What is your current reality? What is your vision? Basically, where do you want to be? And then what strategic bets do you need to make in order to get there? What are big things that you need, to, big goals that you need to accomplish in order to achieve that? The last one is this, and it's vital. This is this. I can't, even, I can't even overstate how vital this is, is do you have a team to get you there? Do you have a team to get you there? I would say, and in fact, I, I agree with the guy who said this. Uh, his name is Phil Pringle. He said, 90% of my destiny lies in other people. What does he mean by that? He means that, that by our vision is so big and God's vision and destiny for our life is so big that it requires more than just ourselves in order to get there. We need to be able to 
let our vision bleed into other people, share the vision, and those who resonate with it will come alongside and be in the team with you. It's the, it's the, the part where what I was mentioning about what Phil said earlier to me today is actually getting somebody else to see what you see. Now, being a leader, you'll always see further and you'll always see more than other people see. But it's about helping other people to see what you see. And that takes time. It takes communication. It takes intentionality. There's a, there's a saying that says vision leaks. So you always have to keep speaking vision. That's something I'm learning. I'm learning that um, if I'm getting bored with what I'm saying about vision, that, then I'm just about at the starting point of what I need to communicate. And so, but we need to bring people on the team with us. And um, the picture that I have here is, I don't know if anybody knows the, the character called Atlas. I think he's a, it could be a Greek mythology or Roman mythology. And he's pictured to be this guy who's holding up the world. Sometimes what it can feel like as a leader, maybe a production leader, although not production guys running so smoothly always, but maybe it's um, a kid's leader or as a life group leader, you feel like, flip, this whole ministry is on my shoulders. Or maybe it's in your workplace. I carry everything on my shoulders. You know what? That's Although the burden should sit with you, we should never be holding up the world on our own shoulders. We need people around us that can hold it with us, who can see it, who can sacrifice for it, who can believe God for it, who can pray for it, who can be a part of the strategy that it takes to get us there. And the more people we have involved, more of the right people that we have involved in seeing the vision and building towards it, the faster we're going to be able to get there and we're not going to die in the process. Other people are going to be able to carry it. Reminds me of Moses when he went up onto the mountainside to pray as the, as the nation of Israel was fighting the Amalekites. Joseph was the, was the military commander in the battle, but he had um, two people with him. Aaron and her, who were who had the vision with him, who were carrying it in prayer with him. And so what God wants to do in your life, it requires a team. Even if you have a vision for your marriage, do you know what? If you want to have a healthy marriage, you're going to have to have some marriage counseling along the way. That can be part of your team, right? A counselor that you speak to from time to time just to do maintenance, to help you see what you've missed. And so... Um, don't do it alone, okay? Gather people around. So what does that look like in a life group context, for instance? Hey, who's the person who's gifted with hospitality? How can they arrange our plans? Who's the person who's naturally gifted for prayer? Let them do the prayer part. Who's pastoral? Like, like, like get them to help you to be pastoral. Who's, got, who's good at teaching? Well, get them to facilitate the discussion for the group. You know, and there you've got a team and it's no longer on you. Your the, the responsibilities are shared across. And what you can do is to keep the vision alive in front of the people and for yourself. So those are um, the things. And then um, I think it's, I forget who it is right now, but he says um, you want to have the right people on the bus which means you want to have the right team members. But not only that, you want the right people in the right seats. And that's where if we can connect people's gifting to their roles. It actually makes them come alive and we can go further faster. So the four things on, on vision, 
is where do we get a vision? Sorry, we get a vision from God. We get a vision in prayer. We get a vision on our imagination. What is the future? What can the future look like? Then building that vision out is what is your current reality, number one? Number two, what is your vision? What is your preferred future look like? Number three, what strategic bets do you need to make? What, what, what do you need to do to close that opportunity gap? And number four, what team do you need in order to get there? So that's what is about vision. And here's the, here's the way I close it out. That if we can become better at, com at communicate of getting a vision that beats strong in our heart, that's like a white hot vision that's, um, that brings passion out of us and it brings, stirs passion in front of, inside of other people. If we can get our vision to that level of clarity and that level of passion, people are going to catch it and they're going to want to be a part of it. And then they're also going to want to be a part of building it. And that's an incredible place. Imagine the church that's alive with fresh vision from God that has faith for the vision, but also patience and strategy to see it come to pass. I reckon that church will be powerful. I reckon God will bring resources into that church, into those ministries, into those groups to see that vision come to pass. God doesn't want to, you know, trick us with vision. He doesn't want to go, ha, 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 you fell short again. No, God actually wants us to accomplish it because he's the one who gives it to us. And so what an amazing future we can have in that.